Hey folks, welcome to episode 256 of the FLW Bass Fishing Podcast in Leesburg, Florida. I'm Jody White. I'm joined by Justin Ronslow for at least some of the time, kind of. <laughs> Justin, you want to say hi? Hey, how's it going? It's beautiful. Uh, and uh, also Kyle. What's up? Um, anyway, our interview for this one is Jared McMillan. I already talked with him. It's beautiful. J-Mac. Yeah, J-Mac. J-Dash uh, or hyphen, hyphen. Mac. Um, he's even got it with the dash on his on the collar of his jersey. Which Ooh, fancy. Like, we kind of arrived on that being the correct uh, punctuation of J-Mac, you know, already. And so now it's even better, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's solid confirmation. That's good uh, reportive work there. Yeah, but anyway. Reportive work? Is that a word? No, probably not. Whatever. Sorry. That's a Kyle <laughs> word. We'll go with it. Uh, anyway, so J-Mac is uh, obviously our primary subject when we talk Harris Chain. Um, then when we get back from that, uh, we will talk about the St. John's. We'll talk about Harris Chain. We'll talk about some BFLs, some like extremely impressive BFLs. We're talking about hogs, basically, this whole thing. If you like big fish, this is a hey, podcast for you. I caught a 10-pounder. We can talk about that, too. That's exactly what I was getting at. Yeah, so, like, basically, we're, I would say, in a pretty good mood. We got pretty good. A hog level is high, so, like, get hyped, folks. Here we go. All righty, and we are joined now by Jared McMillan, um, J-Mac, uh, <laughs> part of our Ultra Florida group here. Um I guess, give me the lowdown on the Harris chain. You crushed him here last time, uh, made a top ten. I want to say, were you a rookie then? Yeah. Yeah, well, I wasn't technically you were, a it rookie, was your first but it was my year. first full year, yep. And, and I finished ninth, ended up ninth here. And, and it's it's a little different than back then. We don't have as much um, offshore grass, so the watercolor on the lakes are different. It's like, dingier? It's stained, yeah. yeah. It's got an algae bloom, too, which is a little odd. Um, so that's changed things up on some of the bigger lakes like Harris and, and Hey guys, we're about to start our Christian Anglers meeting. If y'all come on up, uh, up um, I mean, overall the water clarity in the canals are pretty good. And, okay. and it seems like the spawn is definitely full-blown. As really? A, as, a, as if I were to put it. I mean, like... I mean, there's definitely some that's already gone, and we've seen some fry and stuff like yeah. that. But it's not. Like, they had a they had that big bass tournament here a few weeks ago, and I'm pretty sure like probably a lot of fish got caught. They on got a lot, a lot, a lot of big ones got caught off the bed, and, and I'm sure. I mean, I I got to saw some pictures and stuff on social media. People were in canals, and it was obvious that they came up, and I think a lot of them are still up and coming too, from what I saw in practice. And um, another thing that's going on on the lakes too is. Uh, shad spawn that I think is going to be a big key first thing okay. in the morning. People are going to find schooling fish or groups of fish that they can catch in a hurry. Um, should see like a lot, you know, a few of those people that you found the some right. pretty good flurries. I found a lot of shad spawns that just didn't find fish. So really? <laughs> that I'm sure there's guys that I heard, you know, that found some of that type of stuff. So you could probably see some of the leaderboards shoot right up. Limits wouldn't be hard, I don't think, to catch. Like, fishing's going to be good on the first okay. day here. Do you think there's going to be 
folks who have to make the decision between I'm going to try to go to, let's say some, let's say you're boat number one. Maybe it's not you, maybe it's somebody else, but like, are you going to go to a 10 pounder you found on a bed first, or are you going to go to a shad spawn? Oh, that like, is, and that just, that's going to be the hardest. that's going to be a question for somebody, it right? Is, it is, and, and I think it just depends on how how good your chances are of getting to her first the big if you do have a 10 pounder yeah um yeah if you're about 70 like, maybe yeah, not if you're both exactly one. so it's all yeah like i have all my decisions have to be made all on my boat number mainly on this event which uh which is different than normal but um yeah there's there's like it's gonna be a hard decision whether or not to go bed fishing first or, or just go catch a good limit first um but okay. I would see some some people catching some big fish off them shad spawns. Like it's just like there's shad all over, which is Dang. early for this time of the. I mean, for this part here, like yeah, normally we were here in what was it March when yeah. uh, last time see, and like it was the deal man, kind of like Chris Johnston it smashed was, them. It was, and there was a lot of fry, a lot of the bass had spawned. It seems like a lot of the bass are still spawning. And the shad spawn, which is something different. It's it's gonna mix it up, but it may make the weights a little bit better too. Yeah. But um, yeah, lot, lots of fish on beds, lots okay. of places to look for fish on beds. So that yeah. that's a plus. Um, they may not be the easiest ones to catch. They they definitely aren't here. So that'll be a big question too, is who can catch them off. You know, I mean, yeah, as opposed to, to sit bottom. on yeah. sit on one for. Two yeah, hours exactly. and then not catch it versus exactly. John Cox rolls in and catches it in ten yeah, minutes because yeah. he's John Cox. Yeah. You can you can look for him to do, do well tomorrow. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, no shock there, anyways. Yeah. But do you? So we've had quite a few tournaments now in Florida where John Cox has started really hot, and then he's had like at least one bad day or something's gone wrong, and the sight fish have kind of petered out on him. Do you feel like this is a tournament that someone can win sight fishing almost the whole time, or do you think you are going to have to mix something else in? If uh, it, the way the weather is looking, I it think you're going to have to mix it yeah. up. Yeah, like uh, if the weather was good, like it was in practice, I, I think you could have done it. I they think keep you could have done in. it. Yeah, they were coming. They're still coming up. Like I'd see some. I saw some the first day that were gone, and some that had pull, already pulled back up. Like some okay. new ones. So that told me that they're still coming. Like that, today, that front could be a special day of fishing. Or yeah, yesterday, today or it would have been yeah. a lovely day one. It would have been, a lo- <laughs> and then tomorrow would be a really good day too. And then we would have had to go in. But it's is we're gonna have a good day one, and then people are gonna have you know you're gonna have to put your big boy pants on and, and really grind okay. her out on day two. But oh. that's. That's another story. You got to catch them the first day first. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That, I mean, it seems like in Florida that day one can be really critical because you've got some sight fish that mix in, and in Florida you can catch a thirty-pound bag and like and, it can either and survive. It, yeah. yeah, you can either survive and win, or you can just survive and like there's a top ten, yeah. and top tens are really good. That's what I, I, I would if. I'm going to say that probably most people's mentality going into the tournament tomorrow is going to crack them. I mean, they're going to beat what they got. Yeah. I would I would suppose, you know, except for maybe some of them bed fish you could leave alone. But, um, I mean, they may or may not be there when you come back on Friday. So, I would catch them. <laughs> it seems like, in your mind, the Florida bed fish, do you feel like they stick around for a while? Or do they kind of come in and go out really quick? Because as warm as it is right now, they're coming in and out. Okay. Quick, but uh, with the cold front, it could slow them back. 
really so like you think so, when it's colder they'll come in and, and not as many around. are coming in but they stay longer and they stay around yeah really so and wait for it to get right to come back up so hmm. they'll be in the area they'll be may, may not be catchable but they'll be they'll be around in the same areas and i mean that's <laughs> i mean that that's kind of the deal here is just whether you can catch them when it gets cold or not um so it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun day one. Look for some good weights to be caught, anyways. I mean, maybe some thirties, maybe some mid twenties. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see a thirty pound bag. All right, just because there's enough big ones. There's enough on big beds. ones out. Yeah. All right. Big ones out. Well, I will cue in John Cox and uh, <laughs> then look for a McMillan at least one yeah. of them to crush yeah. it. Whoever's got the best boat number, y'all should go with him. <laughs> <laughs> boat number one. Yeah. Here we go. Um, do you think there's going to be one, like, hot lake this time? Because one year, I feel like Griffin was kind of the place to be. Last time we were here, um, Harris was, like, obviously the place to be. Yeah. Do you think it's spread around, or is there a lake that, like, I think the bulk of the checks are going to come from? I think it's going to spread around a little more this time just because the clarity looks a little different. I think less people will stay on Harris, venture okay. out into Griffin, venture out into Dora and Beauclair, and probably even out into Popka. I'm sure there's going to be more people that explore that this time around too. But, um, okay. I mean, I, I would say majority are going to go to Griffin. It's got the best grass. It's got yeah. probably the easiest place to get bites. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Like, Griffin... Maybe it's not a place to win out of, yeah. but it's probably a good place to it get is, a check it out. Is. It is, and I think it's, that offshore grass bite couldn't be less affected by the cold weather than bed fishing. Yeah, and it, catching even if you're catching blind betters on on main lakes of Harris or something like that, just fishing grass, mm-hmm. like like they're gonna get affected by the cold less than those fish that are offshore that have maybe already spawned or maybe haven't even quite come in to spawn yet. But. Okay. Yeah, that seems like something that, like, there was a bass open here a couple of years ago, or last year, I think, mm-hmm. and, like, it got really cold in that tournament, and guys smashed them offshore. Yeah. Like, but we had good grass. Yeah. That was, which, I, I guess Griffin was your comp to that. Where, it is. Like, I don't know, granted, for, whatever, the grass is for whatever reason, they left Griffin kind of alone. Like, they, there's a lot more grass on Griffin than any of the other lakes combined. I would say, really? yeah, and it's, I don't know why that is, I'm sure there's, I'm sure you can ask, ask the FWC guys and they'll tell you, but I, like, some of the, like, Harris and Eustace don't have any, hardly, offshore hydrilla like they did, and so that, I think that'll be different than the open, because, and it was earlier in the open, I don't think the fish had quite come in, to yeah. they were more pre-spawn offshore, so I think the fish are up shallow, and they're in the midst of just being a full-blown spawn and i i almost think that some of these big fish are kind of know this weather's coming because they like they're trying to get it in now in and out (laughs) in and out in and out like it's just crazy like i don't expect any of the fish that i saw in practice to be there i'm just hoping that new ones show up and they're easier to catch than the ones that were there there you go when so how much of your practice did you spend just like purely looking how much did you spend fishing how much did you spend i spent like say, a, offshore every morning fishing anytime that i in the afternoon when and i could like yeah that. and when it was foggy when it was windy like in any time thank you 
And uh, thank you for this Toyota <laughs> brand chapstick, Kyle. <laughs> I just I'm looking out for both of y'all's lip safety. Uh, this Appreciate week. it. Yeah, it's, I think it's got SPF, so don't awesome. Oh, awesome. It's key. But yeah, I fished in the mornings and then late afternoons when I couldn't see. And besides that, I looked for two and a half days pretty much, and and. I mean, fish for maybe a total of eight hours total out of those three days. So um, uh, that's kind of how I'd roll, though, on something like this. And especially if it was going to be warmer, I wouldn't even fished probably. <laughs> What's your ideal, like, let's say it goes perfect tomorrow. What happens? Let's say you draw boat number one. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, could go, I can go to a big one. I don't know if I can catch it. Like, I got a three or four over eight so they'll be folks book it yeah 40 pounds yeah. for jared mcmillan it's happening yeah, yeah i mean but like they like i said they i'm not counting for any of them to be there i'm just gonna try to find the ones that are come up and if if i could find one that's already been there maybe she'll be easier to catch and more stable um but like a lot of them i've seen have been rolling on each other and and they're very hard to catch whenever it's like that. Yeah. And so that tells me either we, we're going to hit it just right or they're going to be all gone, one or the other. So all right. it, it's it's exciting. I mean, I'd, not many tournaments do you get to start off bed fishing or, or, or maybe even possibly fish bed Yeah, all day. like you don't get to – you don't have many where you can really Relax. have every, everything come together. Yeah. A lot of time it's like, well – I've got one big one to start on, and then, like, I should probably fish or something That's the like thing, that. too. Like, there's a lot of good males up, too. Like, yeah, you can catch a four- or five-pounder. Oh, yeah. Like, you can catch a, a four-pound male bass, too. Like, I mean, there's yeah. several of them that are around, too. So, like, like I, well, that's what I think them them type of fish are going to get caught just for, by them people that are fishing in them canals. I'm not going to be able to get to them all quick enough. You know, that's and they're kind of spread out, too. Like, that's the thing. This place spreads people out. Time-wise, you got to be, got to be efficient, you know, not yeah. spend too much time, and you got to know how much idling you're going to be doing in and out of these canals yeah, to the gotta, next lake, everything like that. Yeah, because all the lakes are like to get to every one of them, you've got to idle some. Yeah. There's no lake you can just straight run to. Yeah, and most and, and like fish aren't going to be most of the time. They're not at the mouth of the canal. You got to go half a mile back into these things idle real slow or even troll in some of these things so yeah like it takes up some time and but during those times i'll be looking for new ones and just and fishing around and yeah. hope, hope to catch one one or two blind casting and yeah and like ideally once you get there she's there yeah and you can you know you can make a lot of hay with just right one cast rip, you yeah. know yep and, and it'll change your day i mean you if you catch a seven, eight pounder right off the rip, it changes your whole, you know, the way you look at everything. Because it's almost like catching a limit in one fish, you know, yeah. real, in, essentially. Yeah, it so, really is. So. Um, how about the, how are you feeling so far this season? Obviously, it's not your rookie year. You're like semi-veteran now, yeah. or it's starting to feel like it. Um, do you feel pretty good? Yeah, I mean, I stumbled a little bit at at Texas again. You I still mean, got a Raven. check and you beat Brandon. Yeah, That's, I mean, we're going to, like, I don't know how much you compete against him, but. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we always got a good competition and, and going, and so that was good. Get out of there with a check. It was a lot better than last year, so that was a win in my book. And then uh, I'm excited to get to here and hopefully get some good points and 
you know, get a good check and get get the thing get the year rolling a little bit easier because it was a little stumble there on the open side of things and and stuff. So Florida has already kind of tripped me up twice this year. So yeah. I want to make sure I don't trip up three times. <laughs> well, I would say that you're due for a big FLW win in Florida. Um, also, though, John Cox is due for a big FLW win in Florida. Yeah. And he's not coming off really a good dirt tournament either. So, no. no, so who knows? I think that that's a dangerous factor that you got to consider. But I I don't know. I like your odds to catch him in this one. Yeah. I'll, I'm, I'm looking forward to it more than more than most of them on this schedule. And, and my practice wasn't the greatest, but I saw enough to, to make me. I'm, I'm ready to get out there and get yeah. fishing. Do you, do you really enjoy sight fishing? Because, like, I know some guys, like, Cox lives for it. Yeah. But when I think of Brandon, I think of a guy who flips. Mm-hmm. You know, and I remember at uh, Okeechobee, I guess it was your sort of rookie year. Mm-hmm. I think you flipped in that one. Yeah. Like, well, do you have a preference, a thing you really love to do down here? I mean, if I could flip matted vegetation or flip vegetation in general, it'd be good. Not, I'd rather not sight fish if I ha- didn't have to, but I do like to. I mean, like yeah. I, I, I like trying to figure the fish out and, and stuff like that. And a lot of people don't do it right. It, they they try to get on top of them and look at them and do all that stuff. So it's it. The more I'm learning it, the more fun it is becoming like, uh, to do, and the easier it gets. But every fish is different, and you never know yeah. what you're gonna get really from. I, but I, I mean, I, I feel as confident as anything going sight fishing as as I do flipping or, or casting. I mean, okay. I I feel like I can do it all. I just do whatever I got to do to survive. Type type of guy. For sure. Um, what are uh, what are what are your goals for this year? Um, I mean, I just make the title. Yeah. Do good. Make yeah, money. Like you yeah, didn't really. I just, I just you didn't really survive. circle anything. I'm not a, I, uh, there's not a lot that it wouldn't take a lot to make me happy I just I, I just want to survive and do well and and you know promote my sponsors well and that's that's the longest that's the long term goal is just to be in it for a while because I'm just playing with my own money still a little you know mostly and and you know it's it's a tournament by tournament type deal for me so yeah. I just want I just want to survive out and, and keep doing it um so but like, obviously, I would I'd like to win one bad. I mean, like it's it's I've been not you, that close, but you've I've been, been in like, the area. You've been on the fi- you've been you've been out on the final day, and like that's on the one hand that's great. On the other hand, like Josh Douglas went out fishing on the final day against Jason Lambert one time. Didn't matter yeah. that he was there. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you gotta. There's being on the final day, and there's being on the final day with a chance Contention, to win. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, that's. I would like to be in contention for one of these things, and and I, like I said, I I did a interview about this a little bit ago on during our off season, and I I don't know what it is. I just think it's a timing deal. Whenever it's whenever it's meant to be, it's meant to be. I, or maybe it's just some stuff I had to learn throughout the way. I I don't know. All right. <laughs> well, we'll see how this one goes. Um, and thanks so much for stopping by. Before yeah. I let you go, where can people follow and find more JMac? Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of it. JMac Fishing, um, Jerry, McM- Jerry Wayne McMillan Fishing. I got all kinds of different ones. I, I, 
Um, it's all it's a little over the board, yeah, but yeah, all you'll the, figure all, it out. All of the different social medias are, are different, but you type in Jared McMillan Fishing, you can you can find me on those. All right, thanks for stopping Appreciate by, man. You guys. All righty, so our first topic is the St. John's. Uh, Justin, who won? What happened? Fill me in on this, because I was fishing the whole time or driving, and I really didn't pay that much attention to the tournament. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, so uh, Trevor Fitzgerald won, uh, kind of a local guy, grew up not far from Lake George, which maybe not so coincidentally is where he ended up winning the tournament out of, more or less. Um, you know, he led after day one, and the weights were kind of down um, across the board. It was just a really weird time where he had a cold front move through, obviously, before the elites were there, and then there was a bit of a warming trend during practice, and another cold front moved in. So all those fish that were trying to move up to spawn just kind of kept going in and back out and in and back out. So it was a weird, weird time for the tournament to fall. But day one, weights were kind of down. Day two, we got deeper into that warming trend, and, uh, and some big girls started to move up. I think there were about eight bags over 20 pounds, maybe nine, uh, including one from a co-angler, Roger Hughes, who's obviously pro circuit pro. Um, but he was fishing as a co-angler, which was pretty neat. Um, anyway, so day two was pretty good, and then weights were back down on day three, cold front, just windy, just kind of nasty conditions overall. But um, did see some really big fish caught. I think each day there were multiples over eight pounds. Um, what, let's see here. What else did you want to know about it? How did guys catch your fish? Ah, good question. Um, Black and blue plastics almost across the board. Um, in Florida? Yeah, no, imagine that. Um, how were they, like, so how did Fitzgerald win? Because, like, I skimmed and I thought I saw a shaky head, which scared me a little. Yes. So then I left. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I that's true. To believe it. He did throw a shaky head for a little bit. So Fitzgerald, um, he ran some different stuff on day one and was kind of running out of stuff to run. Day two, he went to, uh, to the south end of Lake George where the, there's this huge flat. It's like a foot and a half, two foot deep. It's, it's hard to get back in there. Um, but he found what he called a depression. It was essentially a ditch um, that was kind of stacked up with fish that were staging to move up. So he fished there for day two, did okay, went back there on day three and had a good day. But at one point, he did switch to a shaky head because on day three with, with the crazy temperature and, and temperature swings and everything that was going on, the fish were just biting funny. Everybody I talked to on day three said they just weren't eating right. So he kind of downsized a little bit, switched to a shaky head, and caught a couple really good fish like right off the bat. I think a seven and a six, something like that. And ended up weighing in a, a really good bag on day three, one by six pounds. So... You yeah, know, he, he like, kind of found the special out, spot. Which, like, granted, he, he blew it out, but he blew it out because he was consistent. Nobody else was. Everybody else had, like, 1.5 really good days and then sucked. That's exactly it. I mean, Fitzgerald's worst day was still 17-plus pounds. I think he had, like, 21-something on day one. 21-2 on day one, 17-2 on day two, 19-8 on day three. Thank you, Kyle. Yep, yeah, that's he, what I'm here for. Uh, just across the board, most consistent angler, and that is why he won. There were some big bags weighed in. Um, 
But overall, Fitzgerald just put together three nice days, and that's what did it for him. I mean, especially day three, like you said, the cold front came back through. Like, if you look at the weights of the top ten, Fitzgerald with the 19-and-a-half. After that, man, it was like single digits for almost the entire top ten. Um, Somebody in the top ten didn't even catch a fish on day three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Chris Hensley. Yeah, so it, it was really, really tough. Um, and, you know, Fitzgerald just found a spot that, that worked for him and had a lot of staging fish, and he just, uh, days two and three, he made the most of it. But across the field, I mean, especially this time of year, basically everybody was flipping plastics in into pads because obviously the, you don't have the, uh, the eel grass that the St. John's used to have. Now it's just a lot of lily pads. So basically you had people south of Lake George flipping a big stretch of pads or going back into canals, backwaters, um, and, the, and the different river arms, just flipping black and blue plastics for the most part. Yeah, it was like pretty florida uh, in the top ten baits. Stuff. Yeah, other than the weather, everything was very Florida-ish for that tournament. Okay. Um, how did Steven Hadela catch him? Because I like watching Steven. He, uh, I know for sure day three... He went. Uh, he went up the river. Actually, he went into some backwaters on the. Um, oh, what's the river called? The St. John's. No, not. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the St. John's. But. Um, I mean, I figured that's the one, right? <laughs> it's it's one of the uh, one of the offshoots, and uh, I'm drawing a blank on it, even though I said it 47,000 times last week. It happens. In any case, uh, okay. the Okefenokee. No, it's not uh, in. That's a swamp in like Georgia or something the like that. Okie dokie. You were close, but uh, anyway. I was? No, no, no. He was. Uh, he was doing what a lot of other people were doing. He was. Uh, he was flipping pads. He saw some fish throughout the week, so he was. He saw some on beds, but the the big ones he caught. And actually, day two and day three, I think he caught two fish that were both eight pounds, twelve ounces. I'm yeah, he had like sure. big fish. Yeah, I, I was every time I saw a picture of him, he was holding like a stud up. He was never holding he, up like three pounders. He caught a ton of big fish, but um, you know he was doing what everybody obviously. else was doing. Um, he saw some on beds, mostly just flipping pads with plastics. Oklawaha River. Oklawaha. I said it a billion times yeah. last week, and I just, just drawn a blank. Ocla- but that's where he was. Oklawaha. The Oklawaha. That's how you say it. Yeah, Oklawaha. Everybody. I'm just all, all the locals I talked to said Oklawaha. Yeah, so uh, that's mostly where he was fishing, but he, yeah, he got into some big ones. It was fun to watch. In fact, uh, day three, I think he, what did he weigh in, four fish, Kyle? I think it was four yes. fish, but he he caught that 8-12 literally his last cast. I mean, like, very last cast of the day, he actually missed or lost like a four-pounder, flipped back in there and hooked into that 8-12 and then took off back to weigh in. That's pretty wild. Um, let's see. We should give a couple of shout-outs. Uh, one to Kyle Welcher, who we talked about earlier and yep. actually got a check in this one. I think it was in the top five after day one. He uh, was. He was. Yeah. And then, let's see. Keith Carson. We Keith Carson, Keith. who we love. Yep. Uh, R- Richard Dunham, who's blogging for us uh, sporadically, um, finished 16. So, he caught him. He um, was... I... I'm not saying I wish I'd follow the tournament more because my life is all right. But it was, like, I would say more interesting than it could have been. Like, it seemed 
I feel like the way the St. John's has fished, it could have been like a lot worse. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't know that saying it's, you know, it was okay as opposed to horrible is like a lot of credit for it, but. Well, and the weather, it's just Florida this time of year, right? Like you get these cold fronts come through and it really, really, really hinders fishing. Yeah, unless like you're on a place with a lot of offshore grass, it really hurts it. And like yeah. if you're on like a Toho and the offshore grass bite is really good, or when Harris had a lot of offshore grass, like, yep. then you can get that cold front and the, they keep biting, or they can keep biting somewhat. But, like, right. By and large, you get a cold front, especially on a place that's already like kind of hammered and probably kind of finicky. Yep. Like it's not a great recipe. It's bad news, Bearcats. Um, anything else you want to talk about from St. John's? Uh, you guys mentioned Keith Carson, and uh, he probably... he made our, Did he make the longest run? He made, I think, the longest run you could possibly make in that tournament um, while still having any time at all to fish <laughs> <laughs> on day two. And he actually said uh, he ran so far he thought he was in the Bahamas. He ran <laughs> about three hours down south. I mean, way down south. Fished for about an hour. Caught a nine-pounder. Caught a nine-pounder, caught like 20-some pounds, and then made a three-hour run back. Uh, he didn't do that on day three and actually had a kind of a, a down day. Probably should have done it again. Probably but should've. still, when you only have an hour to fish and uh, and you put together a bag like that, pretty impressive. Yeah. Imagine how much more time he would have had to fish. He would have caught 30 pounds if he'd been in a boat that you know could go fast and not John Cox's boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. He, he, he right. ran like you know 40 miles. Yeah. <laughs> it just took, it just took him a long time. <laughs> uh, that's fair. But no, I think that was a pretty good summation of, of how the week went. It wasn't stellar, but it wasn't as bad as it could have been. I like it. I like it. Good deal. Uh, let's talk Harris. Let's talk some Harris. Um, Justin Kyle, could probably throw in on this, too. You've oh, been yeah. here a little bit. You were on the water with Frederick. Like, sure was. What's our... How do, I guess, how do we expect this tournament to get won? Is this a sight fishing and a tournament? Is it somebody wins it doing something totally different? What's your vibe? Uh, I guess right out the gate, I'm going to say sight fishing and. Yes. Like, like, no doubt, tomorrow it's like our, our day one is like going day. down. Yeah. Tomorrow, guys already have fish on beds. They know where they're going to go start. Um, and for the most part, it looks like the weather's going to be pretty good for it. The wild card is then going to be heading into Friday with the, with the weather changes and with a lot of those fish already being caught off beds. I think definitely there needs to be something secondary to sight fishing that is you know, going to catch guys. Well, and we, we mentioned just a little bit ago that, you know, like when you have a fishery with a lack of grass in it and you get a cold front, that can be bad. We're going to see that this week because Harris right now, the, the system as a whole, the whole chain, um, not a lot of grass. Not like it was when we were here in 2018. Remember those carpets of it out in Harris here? Like, goodness gracious. beautiful. It was glorious. Um, that's just not it this time around. Uh, handful lakes have grass and then the lakes that do it's like kind of smaller clumps uh, it's not those big lush kind of beds so it's going to throw a wrench into a lot of guys plans i don't think you would be surprised to see a guy catch a big bag like a mid-20s to upper 30 bag or low 30s not upper 30. well i mean maybe i guess he might catch upper 30s but you know crush it day one back it up with like eight pounds day two make the 30 cut and 
maybe then catch like out. 12 pounds and squeak into the final day. Like I'm fully prepared for that type of Florida event, which again just comes back to the weather, right? Nothing you can do about it. Yeah, like uh, Thursday, it's like going to be 83. It's going to be great, probably. Beautiful. Yeah. Friday, the high, the high is 56. That is, Florida fish don't like that. No, no, no. Saturday, the high is 68, but it looks like it's going to be like maybe in the 40s overnight. Oof. Like, Friday, it's like starts at 56 and goes down. So, <laughs> I would imagine that Friday and Saturday are probably both going to be pretty bad fishing. Like, yeah. I could see someone could catch a big bag, but they'd have to like got lucky that the fish stayed on a bed or like maybe get a lucky bite offshore or something like sure i think from what i've heard griffin is like kind of where it's going down offshore yeah not that there's not going to be some other offshore action because i'm sure there's some grass other places but like i think griffin's the most consistent place probably so like yeah 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 I see if someone's right. going to make the cut with 14 pounds a day pretty good odds they might be coming from griffin yep you know and so maybe somebody Maybe the ideal plan is day one, you catch 30 pounds on beds. Day two, you catch one that's left on a bed, but you start, but you actually start your day like in Griffin or something like that. Because yeah. I have a feeling most people who fish this tournament, like they're going to swing on day one. Like they're not, you're not going to leave your stuff because you know yeah. how, how much worse it's probably going to get. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but. You know, um, in the that uh, practice wrap-up video I did, um, talked a little bit about you know the grass situation in 2018 or even when we were here before that, 16 or 17. Yeah. Was it the year before? Whatever. Uh, I think it was 17 and 18. I think it was back to back. But the point is, like the ramp here at Venetian Garden where takeoff is, mm-hmm. especially on the final day, was usually jam-packed with boats. Yesterday, there was like six boats here when I drove by, but the ramp over at George, there was I mean, like... Griffin. Or, yeah, what I said, George, Griffin, sorry, we're back to the St. John's. It's uh, all in Florida, it's fine. Yeah, whatever, it's sort of connected. Uh, <laughs> the, the ramp on Griffin had like 40 boats parked at it, or trucks and trailers. So, like, that just gives you the vibe. Rob said it was pretty packed like that all week. So you know we're gonna we're gonna the cool thing I, we're gonna see some lakes play this time around that we haven't seen in the past, and I think that'll be really cool to see like what develops um, as the tournament rolls on with what those guys know in that area. Maybe it's some local knowledge comes in late in this tournament. Maybe John Cox actually closes one on the Harris chain. I don't know. Do you guys know what it is about Griffin that's kind of making it the hot spot this week? Yeah, it's got the most grass. Like there's. From all the other off lakes, yep. they have less offshore grass than they did the last time we were there, than we did last year when the Bass Open was here. Yep. Like last year, Eustis was actually the hot lake for the Bass Open. Had great grass in it. I fished it like the week after. I went like, right to some waypoints from that tournament, and they were still there. <laughs> uh, the That's not the case this time around. Like there's yeah. quite a bit less grass like offshore hydrilla in the fishery yeah. um, but Griffin has definitely from what I understand been consistent and has quite a bit still yep absolutely um, so you know theoretically that ought to be good should be fun yeah we'll, we'll see um, 
should we talk VFLs? Do you have more? Uh, anything else you want to say on Paris? Um, I don't think so. I think, like you said, we'll see what the weather weather does. How yeah. how much one, it. One nice thing about the weather being such a curveball for this event is that it's going to make next week's national championship for the college boys like actually probably quite a different tournament than this Ooh, one. good point. Like, it's not going to be back-to-back of the same thing in all likelihood. Yep. It's going to be back-to-back with a pretty decent, you know, change-up between events, I would yeah, expect. for sure. So that's at least going to be kind of interesting. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll see how it shakes out and we'll see if John Cox can go back-to-back or finally get a Florida win or somebody <laughs> else does it because, you know, there's a lot of other guys who probably would like to do that too. Yeah. Stay tuned. Ron Nelson, 30-pound bag, coming tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, sight fishing master. Um, all right, BFLs. Kyle, we had them. Which one should we talk about first? Okay, well, we had three of them, and I don't think we, we wouldn't be doing ourselves justice if we didn't lead off with the most baller BFL we've had in a little bit of time, which was the Cowboy Division uh, on St. Raven. Yeah, this one was like extreme. The so like overall the fishing was fine, right? Like <laughs> second place had I think like 19 pounds or something. Pretty good day. First place um, was Anthony Sharp. He had 40 pounds six ounces. That's I mean, it. Well, yeah. I mean, it, maybe if he'd fished more, instead of literally taking a break between catching his limit and then making his last call. <laughs> <laughs> my God! Yeah, he won by what is that? Like twenty? He won by more than twenty-one pounds. I didn't yeah. do the math. It's the largest margin of victory, like ever in FLW history, uh, on the boater side. There was a coin who won by more on Santee. He weighed like thirty-three pounds or something like Goodness that. Goodness gracious! But anyway, so like, it's the let's see. It's his first win. It's the largest margin of victory in BFL history. His limit is the third biggest ever. It's the biggest limit ever on Rayburn. That includes FLW team events, because we used to have the Texas oh, team yeah. trail there. Yep. Uh, Dickie Newberry used to have the record. It was 36 pounds or whatever. Sorry, Dickie. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but anyway, it was a pretty amazing tournament by Anthony Sharp. Uh, I talked to him like the evening after it and <laughs> you could tell like you could tell I was talking to a guy who had had a phenomenal day of fishing like oh I bet he was still stoked on it um, he was just fishing an off an offshore spot he found it the week before but he like never he never really capitalized on it prior to the tournament but day one of the tournament instead of like idling over it or anything like that he just kind of slid up to it started firing away uh, threw a Carolina rig in the beginning, caught like three giants. Uh, eventually switched to a crankbait, got like a nine. Was like, all right, I've got like twenty something pounds, which was wrong by the way. He had over thirty at that point. He didn't know it. But like, he's like, I'm done. He sits down for like ten minutes, and then he gets back up. He's like, I want to call that five pounder. Which maybe it was bigger than that. I don't know. He had no idea how big these fish were. <laughs> uh, gets up, 
fires away, catches the biggest fish, calls his five pounder. Uh, he caught him on a Brady brush hog on a Carolina rig. Uh, Standard classic. issue. Yeah. yeah. And then also an 8XD. Guess what color? Um, I was going to go with. Uh, what's the cool, like, barfish? Oh, that is a Texas color. Yeah. No, it was uh, chartreuse and blue. Parrot. That was my second guess. Okay. Or I'll call it parrot. You call it parrot, but that's. It's like chartreuse powder blue back is the strike king color. Yeah, I mean, only Rapala calls it parrot. Everybody else just calls it's it parrot. It's a cool name. <laughs> I guess. I feel like parrot should have more than two colors. Well, I think it has, like, some orange on the throat. But anyway. Poor all, all pretty straightforward. Dude blasted. Dude, he crushed it. And the best part, so his his big fish was, like, nine-something? Nine-four? Yeah, he but weighed, he had a bigger one that he forgot to weigh. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't realize he could weigh... He didn't realize he could weigh multiple fish. He just thought whichever one you, like... Put on the, in the basket first locked was in the that one, one that he had to yeah. lay. So he still won big fish. He had a 914. Dude could have put a bigger one on the scale. <laughs> yeah, so, just an ordinary day of fish. Yeah, no so big deal. I, I get it, man. I'd be flustered too. If I roll up to a weigh-in with 40 pounds, I'd be like, I don't know. They're all pretty huge. Yeah. It was just incredible stuff. Uh, all the yeah. way around. That was, uh, that was fun. Normally, like, <clears throat> we get the the texts um, with the, the photos of the winners. So usually on the weekend, like Jody and I will look and see, we'll look at weights and whatever. <coughs> Jody, you definitely beat me to it because you sent a text that said, like, dude caught 40 pounds on Rayburn. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. And then, and then for a little bit, it was like, wait, was this some sort of weird error in our system? Because second place was 19. Like, Look, like, it was possible that it could just be wrong, right? Right. There's a total chance that something could have happened. And, like, the rest of the weights weren't, like, I mean, they were okay, but it wasn't, like, what you would expect if the lake was, like, on fire. Apparently it was on fire for sharp, and that's it. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. Um, let's see. What's our next BFL? That's still interesting, well, actually. <laughs> we can, uh... Did we'll, it take 40 pounds to win this one, too? Uh, no, but still pretty impressive. This one was a, I think it was a South Carolina division event. Uh, it was on Lake Murray. Uh, Scott Guyot, I think is his name. That's what I'm going with. Love it. Uh, he won at 23 pounds, 8 ounces. Um, basically, he, so he fished in Bear Creek, uh, and he really just threw what he says crawdad colored shallow crankbaits and a half-ounce spinnerbait with double willow blades. So, uh, just pretty much fish the whole creek, and uh, he says that he really was just at the right place at the right time, and it worked out. So, not a whole lot of, like, super in-depth stuff from him, but uh, that's a uh, pretty stellar uh, win and weight. And, and for Murray, I mean, that's not uncommon, maybe even low, right? For what Murray can do in the spring. Yeah, like Murray, like there's 25 pound bags caught there in the wintertime. For sure. For sure. It, uh, yeah, I mean, there were several, uh, 10th place was 18.5, but there was five other bags over 20 pounds. So 12 over 18. Yeah, I mean, it was Murray's fishing buena, muy buena. Um, so, like, actually way better than Rayburn, but sorry, he didn't catch 40 pounds. Right, yeah, exactly. Kind of dwarfed. 
Um, I guess from there we'll roll over to our final one, which was I think a choo-choo division event. Yep. I say I think because it, it was. I don't have it in front of me, but uh, that was on Lewis Smith. Uh, Jackie Flack won that with 17 pounds, 3 ounces. Um, I should say our, I think we had a clean sweep. sweep. Uh, well, first two guys, first victory. Jackie's actually won one before, so two victories. But we didn't have one of those weekends where you get, like, one of those veteran guys that's won his fifth title or whatever. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, you basically... A Ned rig and a shaky head is how Fleck caught his fish uh, in those ditches that we know a lot about on on Smith. Or those like highland reservoirs, right? We get those yeah. depressions in the back of the creeks. Um, he was sitting in like 45, 40, 45, throwing up to like 20, 30. Um, he got a couple four-pound bites that he said was really clutch, but basically it was finesse all the way. Shaky head and Ned rig, can't go wrong. And uh, 17-3 is still pretty good for Smith. Um, yeah, for sure. Oh, but um, unfortunately, it had Murray and Rayburn on top of it. Yeah, it was a pretty loaded field. Uh, Jesse and Jordan Wiggins were in it. Um, yep. What's his name? I always I, can't, I feel terrible because I always can't remember it. Uh, David Kilgore uh, was oh, yeah. in it, too. He, like, crushes on Smith. So oh, yeah. there were, like... The uh, Jackie like picked up a pretty cool win. Like there were, he, did. Oh, he beat a lot of sticks on Smith, yep. um, which is always neat. Um, here's the thing: I would say we should talk about having caught a ten pounder. Or Kyle, did you do any ice fishing? I did. I went to a pond where there are 16-inch crappies that existed. Never caught one, but I did catch a couple of catfish. But, like, does anyone know what time the Marshall meeting starts? Because it's 3.13 now. I thought it was, like, 4. Because I don't... You should run and check it out for us. Yeah, I'll go find we'll out and come back. Right. I want to hear more about Jody's 10-pounder. You already heard all about it earlier. But the it's folks want to hear about it. Um, so, yeah, I guess we're just, like, maybe killing time, but there's a chance that we're going to have to wrap it up real fast is what we're going to say. And if that's the case, we'll just talk more later. Yeah, yeah, that's totally fine. Um, I don't know, you want to talk, talk about ice fishing? No, not really. Not really? Well, like I said, I tried to catch a really big crappie in a pond that they definitely exist in. Couldn't catch one for the life of me. It wound up being really shallow. When I, uh, my buddy Nick came out, we wound up catching some crappies, like four feet of water. So, uh, <laughs> way different. This pond's deep, too. It's like 30 feet deep, which for a farm pond is... That's a deep pond. Yeah. But it's got mega crappies in it. Never caught one. Caught a few bonus kitty cats. Uh, otherwise, I got my teeth kicked in. Did catch some largemouths. No big ones. But it felt good to actually go fishing uh, for a little bit. What's a no big ones in uh They're like two-pounders tops. Okay, so not like three. No, like, the, the one, me, like, the one I can... pond I fished has like seven-plus pounders in it. Ooh. Like the guy that owns it's caught three over eight out of it. And That's then fun. the new pond... The big pond I was fishing with the crappies. It's like 12 acres. It's four years old right now, and they're catching like five and six pound largemouths out of it this past summer. And it's got 14 to 16 inch crappies in it. Hey, those are big crappies. Those are really big crappies. Yeah. I want one really bad. But I failed. 
now I don't even know if there'll really be ice left by the time I get back because we'll be in Florida for a couple weeks. Uh, and then I'm going to Lake of the Woods, which I teased on the previous episode. So, Which we're all looking forward to. Look, I already, I already plan on trying to catch some big fish, but I also plan on trying to... Uh, I'm going to try to semi-document that on via Instagram story, for namely for Luke Duncan and Brian Ladd. That's who I want. Dude, did you see Brian went ice fishing? He went ice fishing. Oh, Good for him. Dude, I cannot wait to drive somewhere after this tournament and call him and get, like, the whole lowdown. I, oh, I really should. We should call him Monday. Or, yeah, when we're fishing. fishing. Either way, we I need a full breakdown of the ice fishing. Yeah. For sure. Justin, have you ever been ice fishing? I have not, believe it. I don't really believe recommend it. Believe it or not. Wait, you're from Ohio. I'm from Ohio. But, but uh, Ohio in the ice belt region kind of gets excluded as like if you don't ice fish that's fine it's ohio yeah yeah you know, and who else doesn't ice fish ray buck really yeah well he's down here catching hawks well yeah but like never and he's from pennsylvania like it can get cold this doesn't like ohio they get ice but not it's not like the kind of ice where it's uh several feet solid all winter or something you know it's uh, some years it's thicker than others, but honestly, like the area of Ohio that I'm from, we don't even really have small mouths. Okay, like, okay, you guys are. It's just I'm not. It sounds like they're starting the meeting. Yeah, I think that. I think maybe. All right, so this is a weird, somewhat disjointed ending that we're doing right now. Yeah, but, but we're back. Yeah, you just heard Bill meander around a little bit. I paused it. We came back. Justin talking about how they don't really get ice in Ohio. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But anyway. I caught a 10-pounder. We're going to talk all about it next week. In the radio business, it's called a tease, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> come on. Uh, but anyhow, that's going to be a subject. Obviously, we'll talk a lot of college fishing next week, too. And uh, should be fun. We'll be super dialed on the Harris Channel. Yeah. And that'll be, okay. that podcast will probably come out like right. Monday or Tuesday. Your attention, please. Yeah, early. Let me have everyone's attention. I'm Bill Clayton with NFL All right, so we are ending this thing now. Uh, finally, finally, yeah. Uh, Billy is not too, too loud, hopefully. I really do want to talk about your toe closer, but I get it. we got to move on. Yeah, yeah we gotta, we got other things to do. So, um, anyway, next uh, week, it's going to be a good show. FLWFishing.com all week because we got a lot of stuff going on. We do. Yeah, stick to it. Stay with it. Until then, see you.